104.7 The Cave, KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield. Broadcasting pure classic rock from the Just One More studio in beautiful Midtown Springfield. It's Ned Talk, your local live sports show. Sports talk for imbeciles. I hate that show. Now, here's Ned. Ah, yes, here we are back in the studio again for another Monday night of Sports Talk. It is our roundtable local live sports show known as Ned Talk. It's called Ned Talk because Ned Reynolds, our sports roustabout, is sitting in the studio with us. Ned, how are you today? Doing just great, thank you. The wind has come out of the north. The sun is out. It is a very Ooh. pleasant August evening. Thanks for the Ron Hurst drop I there. I just thought I'd throw a little <laughs> just, weather just, in just, here for what is, it's worth. This is not a weather show, by it, the way. It is it's not. not a that's the last show. time we're going to mention it, too. Right. I'm, very last. I'm Joe Weston, by the way. Sitting across from me is Stormy Davis. Stormy, how are you? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day outside. little... A little warm working in the shop, but hey, it was it's beautiful out there. I like okay. it. Thank you, Mr. Hurst. And uh, sitting directly across from me, back by popular demand, in the studio for the first time in a little while, in all his glory, John Oliver. John, how are you? And I'm his doing, hair. I'm doing great. Thanks. I uh, am very happy we've got sports back, and uh, it's, it feels a little normal. It does back. feel a little bit normal. I'm going to have to mess around with your microphone because something doesn't seem right over there. And, oh. I, and I'm going to have to check around with that for just a second. But I also have a surprise for everybody because Josh Roberts is joining us via the telephone. Josh, how are you? Hi, I'm, uh, I'm coming to you live from the Batcave. The Batcave. <laughs> That's what you call your basement, isn't it? Yeah, you betcha. All right. So the big story in all of sports for the last week since we've not shared our thoughts with people is just totally been college football. So let's start there. The SEC released at least one game today, and it's kind of exciting for people that live in Missouri. Stormy, tell us about that. Well, the SEC has released actually the opening weekend schedule, and uh, one of the better ones, of course, me and Josh, big Alabama fans, they will be coming up to Columbia to face Mizzou. Roll Tide. It is uh, a very big game. It was not originally on Missouri's schedule. It's in, uh, an addition because of the Southeastern Conference scheme of things. And uh, it, it'll, be, uh, it'll be a nice little test. Uh, Eli Brinkwitz, who is the, uh, the new head football coach at Mizzou, is uh, going to have his work cut out for him facing a... Uh, uh, now we're on. Very good. Very good. You there he had, is. You had blunted the mics there. Uh, uh, it was Producer. just it was it was just a little uh, sub Snap subconscious. Any, anyway, that. the the bottom line is this: <laughs> that was not originally a Missouri game. In fact, I don't think Alabama is on their schedule for another three or four years. No. I think on the rotation basis. So they do come in for the opener. Uh, Coach Drinkwitz, who is very high on the Missouri team, is is going to have uh, a pretty good. Pretty good little test in his opening game, which isn't, guys, until September the 26th. Right. It, it's, uh, and now this is going to, it dates me, but back in my days in school, that's when we opened the season, in the oh, last okay. week in September. Yep. Yeah. Open late. And then the rest of the schedule will come out tonight at 7 p.m. Okay. But there's not everybody. Right Sorry, what was that, Josh? I'm going to say 52 to 10 Alabama in that uh, game. All right. <laughs> or, 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 <laughs> I like that one. Or Roll toss out a score. 
Let's, uh, but let's discuss this because not everybody's playing college football this year. There was uh, right. The, who all's canceled now at this point? The at at this point, it is the uh, the Big Ten and Pac-12. They have they've canceled out completely. Uh, there have been well, Mountain West is also included, and then some FCS or Division One AA conferences. In fact, most of them: Missouri Valley Conference, mm-hmm. Southland. The Patriot League, which always sends a couple of teams to the the playoffs, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a oh a mixed up a mixed bag so to speak, but it's enough so that the uh, FCS or Division One AA ball clubs really can't play other than non conference, right. and uh, because of that, because I'm sure the Southland Conference made their decision a couple of weeks ago, but it wasn't decided until earlier this week or last week, I should say. Uh, I think that the Bears got a bit of a preview that that might happen. So not only are they playing Oklahoma, they're playing Central Arkansas twice, home and home. And the first game will be down in Conway, and the second game will be here in Springfield in October sometime. That, and that's pretty good. Central Arkansas, guys, was to have been Missouri's first game. Ah, okay. So obviously that's out. And Missouri's first game, they're going from Central Arkansas to Alabama. Thank you. <laughs> so the other different game plan. Just so the the ACC is still playing, correct? The ACC yeah, is also so playing along with the uh, Big Twelve and the uh, and of course the uh, uh, SEC. SEC, of course, they all yeah, three I of think them. The, the Mid Atlantic Conference was one of the first conferences to cancel. Well, yeah, and uh, there there may be uh, – I think there are other factors involved, but the SWAC and the Mideastern Athletic Conference, uh, the Patriot League, and, and the Colonial Athletic Conference, to which to which the kingpin there is James Madison. That was the runner-up to national champion North Dakota State last year. They're all gone. Now, whether or not they have non-conference games, that I don't know. Uh, the uh, Big Sky – Big Sky is also gone. Mm-hmm. That's why Montana is not coming down here. So uh, okay. it's it's uh, it's created a maelstrom in all of college football to do this. Whether or not it's the right decision, well, the experts seem to think that it is. Ned, has the MSU, MSU made any kind of statements about uh, fans or people at the games yet? They have not. Of course, there's only going to be one game, and it'll be the homecoming game on on the 27th of, of October, I believe it is. No, I'm sorry, it's the 17th, 17th of October. Uh, so just so the one game, and I believe it's at night. Now, what they'll do is probably allow 20% capacity. That's right. what most of them are doing. I know that's what Oklahoma plans on doing for their first game. Now, 20% of capacity at Norman, Oklahoma, is about, I'm going to guess, somewhere in the neighborhood of fourteen or 15,000. I would probably. say 15, yeah. So it's it's all uh, it'll it'll somehow rectify itself. How who knows? I do know the Cardinals lead the Chicago Cubs going into the last of the seventh inning, three to one, and it is a seven inning game. game. <laughs> let, let me ask you this: clarify something for me. So Missouri State only has one home game. Have all the rest of their games been canceled by? the teams that they would be playing? No, no, they could play. Now, all the rest of their games are conference games, and the conference has shut down. They're not going to play any conference games at all. They could conceivably add another game in there, another maybe somebody from the Southland Conference, uh, Sam Houston State or uh, Abilene Christian or somebody like that, conceivably. But they're not going to because you have to understand they plan on playing in the spring. 
and you can't have too many games in the fall and not risk some sort of injury because your your space, your uh, chronological space, is not all that great. Mm-hmm. So uh, there are decisions to be made, and then the next one that's going to come to the fore is basketball and the, the winter sports. What's going right. to happen there? Josh, since you're joining us and you're you're our SEC expert, what's your what's your thoughts about all this? Well, I'll be honest with you. I think it would have been better for all of college football to not play until possibly spring. I think that's what they probably should have done just to be safe. Because the problem is they're still seeing some small pockets of, of outbreak. Uh, even with the safety measures they say they have in place. And then I saw an interview with uh, Orgeron, the LSU coach, and he said he wants the stadium to be half capacity. Well, at LSU, that's 50,000 people, <laughs> half capacity. So that's not going to work. You know, and and so, I mean, if, if, they can, if they can keep the players and personnel safe and if they can play without – the fans in the stadium, I think that's their best-case scenario at this point if they're adamant about playing. Well, I agree with you, Josh, 100%, and I'm going to tell you, the uh, the current thinking is spring football. Well, we can just play in the spring. I hate that idea, and I'll tell you why, too, guys. It's not because spring isn't conducive to sports. It is. You're having baseball and basketball. It really crowds the schedule, number one. But over and above all that, you are asking college football players to play 10 or 11 games in the spring and then have them come back four months later? I don't think so, sports fans. That ain't going to work. I think you're probably right. And like I said, I think maybe it would be better if they're... Uh-oh. You're breaking up a little bit there, Josh. What was it you said? Maybe it would be better if they just lost the whole season. Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, and that's that certainly is a point I would think of consideration. But think of the money, and the money factor has to be considered here. This is this is uh, you you may be somebody who thinks that money doesn't count or it shouldn't ever be a factor, but it is. Come on, this is big business, folks. Uh, You do you sacrifice health? Of course not. You don't sacrifice a person's safety. But, again, there is debate as to how much sacrifice is being made. Well, the question, though, that comes in for me on this is apparently the universities, which have a huge actuary department, who sit there and figure out things about how much money they would bring in. But what's the potential that they could lose in lawsuits and liability if something does go incredibly wrong and the actuaries have said, you're going to end up on the wrong side of that deal. And that is precisely why the Big Ten and the right. Pac-12 have, have abandoned football for this year because of the potential of a lawsuit. It's a liability lawsuit that they're looking out for. Yeah, they have had no, to my knowledge, no major COVID-19 outbreaks among any of those teams. They did earlier with the Pac-12, and I think that's probably been resolved by now. But Some of the doctors have come out and said there could be long-term effects from COVID-19, and they talk about some heart problems. Guys, I happen to know from the limited amount of medicine that I've been involved in in the Navy that almost all viral attacks have after-effects with some people. Mm -hmm. One of them is myocarditis. It's uh, an inflammation of the heart muscle. Well, you can recover from it, of course. Most people do. But 
it also takes a while to do that, maybe three to six months before you could start with the active athletic competition again. But you also have the possibility of five years down the line, somebody has some kind of catastrophic ailment of some sort, and some, some individual, I won't name the profession, but says, oh, it's COVID-19 related, and they take it to court and you have millions and millions of dollars being tossed around. Those are considerations that have to be made. Well, I I, can expect that to happen in the future. I don't think it's uh, uh, regulating. I think that as far as later on with the Josh, you need to adjust your tinfoil hat a little bit. You're still still (laughs) breaking up a little bit on us. Okay. Uh, What about now? You're better. You're better now. I can hear you now. Okay, cool. Uh, so yeah, I think all of that is, is going to happen. I think it's inevitable that there will be lawsuits down the line. Um, so I kind of agree with what Joe was saying. If, if they've sat down and, and thought about the monetary litigation, I'm afraid, Josh, that we're uh, we're, we're in a disrupted level of communications. It's here. it's COVID nineteen that's causing that's this. What it is. Let's let's just say that Josh, <laughs> Josh, Josh is thanks, more disrupted than normal. Thanks for joining us. We're, we'll continue to talk, but hopefully, we'll get you on a better line in the next couple of weeks. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Josh. Thank you, man. All right. Let's talk just briefly about I think the point that Josh was making, but something that I wanted to make too. We live in a a litigious society. <laughs> Very much obviously. so. Yes. So obviously there's going to be lawsuits the other way, too. You didn't allow me to play. I could have had a potential earnings. So yes. we, this is just the, you know, we've talked about this every week. It's, it's like a broken record. One balances no, the other, as a matter of fact. And you're absolutely right. And, and nobody nobody's prepared for this. There's no playbook. There's the answer. Yeah, or or, exactly. or, the, or the, the problem presented to us in in certainly mental form and that there is no formula to follow i know the kid from ohio state their quarterback has gotten a petition up and gotten something like seventy-five thousand people to sign the thing to bring uh, big 10 football back in put it back in place again well i mean this is not going to happen no because once the athletic directors and college presidents and so forth have made a decision it is probably going to stand but it does present a very acrimonious circumstance in terms of what could happen, what doesn't happen. Bottom line is this. We, this is the first time ever in history that college football has been disrupted, just like this. Yeah. All the world wars, all the pandemics of the past, the Spanish flu, all the others, never. And now this time, why this time? There's the. Let's mull that over in our next segment. Money. Why is it happening this time? Yeah. Well, we'll figure it out. Maybe. I don't know. We usually don't, but <laughs> we toss around some <laughs> we'll good ideas. It, it is Ned Talk. We're coming to you live from the studios. If you've got a question, give us a call, 863-7104. Ned is in the house. Technology, huh? Three steps forward, four steps back. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Yep, that's right. Ned Talk, we're talking sports, kind of. Technology has failed us tonight with uh, Josh Roberts. We were not able to uh, continue that conversation with Josh. We'll blame his cell phone carrier. We'll just say he's got one of those. He's got a cricket. That was what he was calling on a cricket. That works. Let's talk a little baseball. 
No, 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 it's it's an unprecedented hot political time combined with an unprecedented illness that is sweeping. So I think those two factors combined, I don't know, you know, if it was one or the other. I don't know that you'd see the the reaction necessarily that we're seeing, but you know, it, things are just so uncertain in people's lives. I think there's such an outcry for you know, these sports to be put on hold until the public deems that it is safe to continue on. Well, I'm, I'm before I'm going to say one word here, and before you all jump on my case for saying this, but media, but not because of the press. Now, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. It's because of access to information oh, and sure. this 24-7 inundation of what comes at us. And you have a major backing on my part. I think that's when you talk about past years, let's talk about the Spanish flu the Asian flu when I was in school, I mean, it ravaged schools, still played. Uh, the World War One, World War Two, all of the conflicts that we've had, all and, and, and college sports was still there. Mm-hmm. Professional sports was still there, but suddenly we have to shut it down. The virus is very nasty, no question about that. There is no vaccine for it. We have lost, I think, 170,000. I don't, I must admit, I don't know how that compares to past pandemics. But what did we not have back then that we do now? 24 hours of (laughs) drilling into your mind every single negativity that exists in the world. And that's what's going on with with not not just TV news, but with uh, any kind of broadcast and with papers. And they pick up, reporters pick up on the negative aspect of things and drill it into your mind. You bring up a good point, Ned. And, I mean, you are talking about the equivalent to every human in at least the United States and most of the world basically having an automatic news ticker that is in their pocket that they can talk to other people from. And, you know, that being said, I think we can all agree there's information that gets out there that is valid. There's information that gets out that's not valid. You have different news organizations warring with each other, which we haven't seen in the past. So it's, it is an unprecedented time in that regard, too, where you just don't see, you know, I hearken back to what yellow journalism back in the early 1900s right. with William Randolph Hearst yes. and Joseph Pulitzer and all those people, yes. You, you just don't hear that sort of thing. And, you know, we live in a time where if something's reported incorrectly, you might get a small retraction maybe at the bottom of a page or if at all. Back with the, the grocery ads. The right. key is might. might. You might not, too. There yeah. might not be any. And the same thing can happen in the electronic form of, uh, of journalism. Mm-hmm. Somebody makes a mistake. Are you held accountable for it? No. No. They just go right on. And as a result, a lot of this is absorbed by the public's, the, the mental aspect of the individuals who are listening and reading and so forth. And it begins to develop into a, a negative aspect on things. That is not to say, please don't misunderstand, not to say that it is not a dangerous circumstance. Oh, absolutely. But is it any more dangerous than anything else we've ever had? I will argue that point. Well, I think it's also... I think we make a mistake where we kind of think that the times that we live in are unique. True. And they're not. 
history has this way of repeating itself. My wife was telling me the story the other day about when the Spanish flu was happening and that mm-hmm. there were maskers and anti-maskers and people <laughs> who were adamant about, I'm not going to wear a mask, and people who were like, you should wear a mask, and that there was a group of people that decided, you know what, we're going to wear masks, we're going to try to curb this, we're going to flatten the curve, as we say today. Mm-hmm. And they wore masks for 30 days, and the curve had flattened. And then they all took off their masks, and they all went back to their lives, and Spanish flu came back. Yep. And nothing's changed. The only the, the one thing that, that amazes me is just how stupid we are. <laughs> As people, we just don't ever seem to learn. We're just like, right. yep, yeah, whatever. We're just going along doing our, doing our thing. And some of us like to be high achievers. Yeah, it, it, it's stupidity. <laughs> you know, it's just... It, and I think the press, I think if you'd gone back, if you go back to certain time, people would say the press was bad. They would blame the media. They'd blame the press. And I think that's an easy target because when you go, when you read something you don't like, damn press, you know, sure. I mm-hmm. think that that, I think that that's just universally true. The question as to why everything's stopped now, I think our society is more litigious now than it's ever oh, been. Yes. I think so, that that's oh my new. God, yes. And I think there's also a new, I don't, you know, I, I don't really know what to call it. I, I think there's this new wave of, of maybe preciousness that we have with things. And some of that's good and some of it's bad. And the we don't, as Americans, we seem to have trouble striking balances. Oh, very oh yeah, yeah. Joe, yeah, yes. you're, you're, again, you bring up very good points, but I will tell you this. I lived through polio epidemic, the Asian flu epidemic, and any other epidemics that's come forth. And I made it, and I'm 79 years old. Now, am I the special one? No, of course not. Almost everybody does. And we did not shut down. Yes, we do live in a different time, a time when we're almost afraid to do anything, afraid to get out of bed in the morning because, well, you're taking a risk. You take a risk by doing anything in life. That's part of, that's part of living. You don't shut down living just because there is a problem in society. But you have to, you as always, you have to strike some sort of balance. Mm-hmm. And I, balance. I find that very much so. Something that's really interesting to me, and it, it especially occurs with Dr. Fauci. Whenever he, whenever a reporter asks him a question, or whoever asks him a question, that becomes almost the story du jour of the day. <laughs> right. Like yeah. Dr. Fauci, do you think that there'll be a a a cure to COVID? Yes, I do. Dr. Fauci, could you see COVID going on into next year? Yes, I do. And then stories are written based on those ideas. Correct. And he's right about both of them. And they are news stories, but it just, you know what? Really? Story, Joe, takes precedence. Well, it's just the question that the person asks and who wants to. You know, you can say whatever. You've worked in news, Ned. You know that you've sat in a <laughs> news. damn many years. You sat in a new, you've sat in a newsroom where somebody said, "What's our slant on this?" Exactly. And Absolutely. that's happened for years. And that what's, is what's the, the problem in it is is they put a slant on it rather than just the old fashioned. It is not. There's no. Old, I, I disagree with you, Stormy. Where and when has gone out? Nobody well, has I disagree with you both on that because I think it it's gone out a lot. It went out when it first somebody wrote that down and said, this is what we should do. And somebody looked at it and goes, yeah, right. And and that there's always been a slant because, you know, the bottom line to anything is selling newspapers, getting people to watch. 
ad time. If you don't, we're doing it right now. Yeah. We're, we do it right now. And we're sponsorless, oh. by the way. You'd <laughs> uh, like to sponsor that, Todd. In Please a get in touch with we do, but, uh, but this, is, this is altogether different because this is recreation. This is what people want to hear. This is, this is part of the. <laughs> this is part of. People want to hear this? What's so funny with that? This is the dessert, as I was always told, of any kind of newscast. This is, this is the recreation for people. Do you want to hear negativity? No, you do not. And that's why it is kept off. At least we we blunted a little bit, but in news, come on, it is it is completely out of line in my opinion, completely out of line. The case that you brought up, where you make the comparison, Fauci says there will be there will be a vaccine. Okay, well we might have it next year. Oh God, write that, write that, because that'll have them stirred up. But they wrote the same story. They wrote a different story the day before, where he said that mm-hmm. there could be a cure, and so I think it just. Just it depends on how you take everything too. As a, as people, as consumers, we have to be smart enough in and of ourselves to make our own decisions and look at things and go, you know what, this is uh, this is BS or this is not BS or, you know, I'm going to take this with a grain of salt. But the thing that really scares me the most about the time we live in is that people tune out any idea that is disagrees with their idea completely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, there's, guys, and there's not that, that is balance. also one of the reasons why we have the circumstances. They tune it out because there is too much. There is a flood of what is coming in. Uh, and uh, you make a very cogent point when you say people think about it. They don't think about it. The time element in our society for each individual is so fractured by so many things to do that you don't pay attention anymore. We'll go back to the echo chamber idea that we talked about over the last couple of weeks. I think you can kind of, you know, you can cloister yourself in a place where you hear everything that you want to hear. Absolutely. And you you know what? Sometimes you should hear things that you don't want to hear. And you should open your mind to those ideas because they're important. We'll not argue that point. We're not going to. We're not going to. We're not going to argue that at all. No. Because, but I will argue this wait a with. Minute. Wait, just, wait, 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 wait. Just, you want to get now? What the hell's the name of this show anyway? <laughs> Ned Talk. They didn't ask for you. They asked for me. Right, I'm kidding you. You want to shut my mic off? I thought I was on. I thought, <laughs> I thought I you already shut it off. <laughs> and the Cardinals no. have won the baseball game. The baseball game. <laughs> baseball game. Baseball game. Freudian slip there, Stormy. We're not I don't know what it was. We'll talk about baseball. We're going to talk about that because John Oliver's here and he's our resident baseball expert. And we'll talk about some changes that might happen with Major League Baseball. If you've got a question, give us a call, 863-7104. It's Ned Talkham, 104.7 The Cave. Ned is in the house. I'm back. Big as life and twice as ugly. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Yep, Ned Talk, back on the air talking about sports. Let's talk about sports. That's what I want to talk about. How about that? You guys you guys all agree with that, that we'll I'm, talk about sports for a little bit? I'm in. I'm in. Can, all we, right. not, can we not use the word litigious for a while? Sure. Let's, can we just yeah, skip that for a while? Yeah, we all had to look that up during the break to really quickly <laughs> to see what it meant. But I, I used it correctly, so we're all good there. Let's talk a little bit of baseball. The Cardinals beat the Cubs today. The unusual thing about this game, seven innings. 
that's a complete game in these little double headers that are going on right now because Cardinals, what is the stat, John? How many games do they have to play in X number of days? Oh, boy. I The last I knew, and this would have to be updated, they would have to play 52 games in what I think is 43 days. And wow. They, you know, the thing is they're amenable to doing so. They're going to try to get as many in. 50 is the ideal number that I've heard that they want to try to shoot for. But, you know, the feeling amongst the players and the front office has said if we can get them in with double headers, other teams are amenable to playing those double headers, then let's get 60 in so that that way there's no debate about the winning percentage at the end of the year. There would be there would be debate if that did happen. I think they're probably going to cut it to uh, maybe 55, somewhere around there. I think they'll Major League Baseball will probably try to reduce it a little bit because the Cardinals and the Marlins – are not the only ones now. The Cincinnati Reds are involved with dropping games. And we're getting to the point now in mid-August where it's going to be awfully tough to make them up. I do like the idea of the seven-inning doubleheader. Number one, it's quick. This game, this first game with the Cardinals and the Cubs today, guys, started at 4 o'clock, and it's over practically at 6. That's a two-hour game. I don't hate it, Ned. I really don't. You know, every time one of these things is proposed, obviously the baseball purist in me says, no, it's nine innings. It's nine innings. You can't have a full game unless it's nine innings, unless it goes into extras. But, I mean, watching these seven-inning doubleheaders, I can, they're exciting. You see a lot of use of pitching that you wouldn't see in a nine-inning mm-hmm. game, and it's, it's entertaining. It really, really is. Um, Joe, I know when we were talking during the break, you mentioned that they were floating around the idea of possibly going to seven innings for all games. I... I don't hate that idea, but again, nine innings is what I'm used to. So again, yeah. as a purist, that's just something I, I based you know my baseball knowledge on. It would take me a little bit to adjust to that permanently. What would be what would be the general consensus among you guys of why a nine inning game being erased would be more appealing than keeping it the way it is now? I think the biggest concern with Major League Baseball is time. That's that's the battle yep. they've always fought. You know, they've tried to reduce the mound visits. They've tried to do things to speed up the game. They're doing a good job with replay this year. It doesn't seem to take nearly as long as it has in the past. But at the same time, you're not shaving off what they've hoped to shave off over the years and then. So I think there's a lot of allure to that seven-inning game just to keep people, you know, okay, a game, two hours, two and a half hours. I think you're altering the strategy of the game. Excuse me, say <clears throat> the altering the strategy of the game and the the pitching the pitching decisions that the coaches and, and manager have to make. I'm I'm one who does not like the idea. I do of the double headers, uh-huh. but I don't of a regular season game. I'm the same way, and I would agree with you in the fact that you know we talked about this as well. You're changing the whole structure of rosters if you go Correct. to seven innings. You don't need the number of middle relievers. <laughs> that you would normally need because a lot of starting pitchers go five or six innings just about every game. So you need an inning at most unless somebody tanks in the third inning. <laughs> I mean, how many guys are you going to carry on the roster for that? Let's talk about this for a second. There's a really good article that Jeff Passan wrote on ESPN about all the questions that Major League Baseball is facing because of the season. And one of the interesting stats that he brought up is that a two a seven-inning game is two hours and 34 minutes on average. Yep. yep. That's the butter number right there. It is. There. That's the number they've been shooting for. Those extra two innings add up to another 30 minutes of baseball and put you at three hours and six minutes. So I think that that's what they're going to look at, and they're going to have a nice sample this season. They're going to be able to warm fans up to the idea of these are changes we might make. What do you think of them? 
And when you sit and you watch a game click by at two and a half hours and you go, wow, that's great. You know, I it, I think the biggest thing that's going to change is the fan experience at a baseball game. Yes. Which it will is, certainly for uh, double hitters, no question about that. It makes it much more appealing circumstance when you, for instance, Twilight Night doubleheader, which doesn't exist really anymore. Right. But, <laughs> yeah. but the day-night doubleheader, which this year does not exist, uh, they they have a tendency to run deep into the night. Well, with seven innings, it obviously does not. And that makes uh, a very big difference in the schedules that individuals need to keep, keep especially during the uh, middle of the week. But again, I think it alters the strategy of the game to the point where it really takes away from how baseball was formed. So I, I can't buy the, uh, buy the seven-inning regular season single games. Passon uh, ended his section about the seven-inning games by saying this. One official was asked about seven-inning games, and his, his answer was succinct, and it was, this is addressing the problem, not the cause. And the cause is away from action, which has been a, been a big deal. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's face it. Hitters are not nearly as good today as they were 20 years ago. And I'm Truth. not saying that as an old guy. Oh, no. No, you're right. I'm saying that as a guy that I am a huge Yankee fan, and I would sit there and scream at Mark Teixeira every time that he came <laughs> up, and they would put 20 guys on one side of the field, and he wouldn't lay down a damn bunt, or right. he wouldn't go the opposite way, try to hit over it. They could put an army out there and, and Mark Teixeira, and there are guys on every team that are just exactly like that. Mm-hmm. Sure they are. And the shift and statistical analysis are killing this game. I Ned? agree. The shift is part of the strategy. But it's, they should take it away. Well, no. Why? Because you're, you're failing to address another issue. Have the players adjust. You they have, won't. Well, let's just, let's just say you make them. You discipline them. That's what you do. Hell, if they can't do it, then you take away their money. All right, so let's say you have a left-handed batter, and the shift is on. He's a dead pull hitter. Bunt the ball. Yes. Or pattern your swing to where you're going to hit a little dribbler, and that's an automatic single, and sometimes a double. You, may, you change the strategy of how you address the game, but you don't alter the rules. Not, not in my opinion, you don't. Here's where I fall on this, and I look at it as, you know, when you look at a game like the NFL or the NBA, you have to adjust to different styles of defense. So while, Joe, I agree with you, the shift has really hindered that aspect of it, at the same time, these are professional athletes. They're professional baseball players. And I think we've gotten away, and this is probably the baseball coach in me coming out, we've gotten away from some of those fundamentals. Every time Matt Carpenter comes up and hits into the shift rather than bunts down the line, which I'll add he got a double on last year. One time. When he bunted once down the line. If you can't lay down a bunt and you are a major league player, then you need to spend some extra time with the hitting coach and practice. I watched a game the other day where the third baseman was practically at second base and the guy still (laughs) was trying to pull the ball. But the problem is there the coaches, the general managers, the managers, the statisticians, they say, this is what you do well. You need to keep doing it. It's it's a problem that is not with just the players. It is a problem with the sport. I th- and that is why I feel, I'm sorry to interrupt you, no, John. And Ned, I want your thoughts on this. That is why I feel that they should mandate where how many players you could have on, on a side of the field because 
though it's not a rule, it is what was intended. And they didn't think that they would ever have to make that adjustment because they thought, you know, this is never going to happen. And baseball was played for 100 years without it happening. It's true. And I think, you know, not to I don't try to point fingers, but I where I saw this scale start to slide and some people love it. Some people hate it. I go back to Moneyball with the Oakland Athletics with Billy Bean. When you brought guys into the game that weren't, you know, former players, that weren't guys that have been around the game, but rather were statistical analysts that just analyze launch angles, hit patterns, you start taking that traditional element out of the game. And by doing so, Joe, you're exactly right. You know, you they've talked about those shifts. They've talked about the percentage guys hit into them. And because that is the overarching philosophy in baseball right now you're seeing hitting coaches say just like you mentioned you're a pull hitter see if you can get it over them whereas again my opinion on that is teach them to go the other way teach them to hang back a little bit absolutely agreed what is wrong with teaching the game the way it should be played altering the mindset of many many of these coaches sure so such and such and so and so may be a great pull hitter but they're shifted for him. They're <laughs> going to stop him. So he goes the other way. And I bring up the point of a guy who played baseball before any of you were even born, Wally Moon with the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Wally Moon, of course, he was traded over to the Dodgers when they played in the Coliseum. And what did he have in the Coliseum? He had the left field fence, which was 37 feet high and 250 feet down the line. Yeah. What did he do? Left-handed batter? Practiced, didn't practice. He created the moon shots. He changed his swing. He swung late, arced the ball over that screen. They were cheap-ass home runs, but he got them anyway. That is part of the game. And Wally, rest his soul, passed away, I think, last year. Athletic director at John Brown University down in Salem Springs. Uh, Former Cardinal rookie. In fact, he was Cardinals rookie of the year the year before Bill Verdon was uh, rookie of the year. But that's how you do it. You change the player's strategy. You beat that system. Then they'll all go back. Come on. Sabermetric is just such a dirty word to me. And uh, I've, I've heard these two things said recently within the past five years about baseball. RBIs, overrated statistic. <laughs> RBIs? RBIs are an overrated statistic. <laughs> and two, wins don't really matter yeah. as far as pitchers go. That doesn't really show you how well a pitcher's doing. And I think that's the most ludicrous thing in the world because essentially you're saying – Okay, touchdowns are overrated. In the <laughs> no kidding. You're never going to hear anybody say that about that. The oh, idea of dances. the game, <laughs> the idea of the game is to score more runs than your opponent. How can RBIs be underrated? That means you're driving in runs. Oh, and and WAR has become this this big statistic, uh, which is really an arbitrary statistic. How is. can you honestly ma- measure wins above replacement? You can't, because I always make this argument. What was Mike Trout's, what was the war of the guy that Mike Trout replaced? Because when going into that season, he was not their outfielder. It was another guy. He got hurt. Trout played. So what was that guy's war? Right. I agree. Is it negative? Because it would have to be if Mike Trout was the guy that replaced him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just doesn't exactly. make any sense. Can we change this, Ned? Tell me, what can we do to change this? What would you do if you were commissioner of baseball? 
I would, I would allow the game to remain as it is without changing the rules. In other words, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't ban the shift, but I would suggest to the front offices of baseball, hey, look, if they can come up with some kind of uh, documentation and uh, punitive measures to people who are stealing signs, there is now a rule, but there wasn't when the Astros were doing it at, at first. There was second, second time. But if you can do that, then you can mandate some kind of a change in the thinking and the coaching of the game. Say, hey, you want to teach these guys a little bit. Can you make a rule like that? No, because this is a free society. You can do whatever you want. Commissioner of Baseball really has his hands tied. Mm-hmm. His, his objective has already been stated. He wants to make the game as quick as you can, do, as you can possibly get it done without alienating the fans and bringing them on. Well, concentrate more on that than I would changing the rules of the game. I've taken some proactive measures as well, just so you guys know. Bill James and Billy Bean have been off my Christmas card list. For a few years. <laughs> oh, I hate Bill James. I, hate, I, read, I read a book that he wrote about oh. a, a serial killer, and he's just as arrogant about that <laughs> as he is about baseball. I, I had to finish it because I couldn't believe how arrogant this guy was right. just in reading this book. Anyway. We'll talk about something else when we come back. As you know, Stormy will report in on what's going on with Queen City Insane Asylum. I can't wait to hear that. Find out what's going on. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Ned is in the house. Oh, welcome back to the happy circle. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Yes, Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Stormy sat there silently through the whole last <laughs> segment. I, I'm sorry, Stormy, I didn't. No, you're fine, man. I was trying to set you up, or I, I, you were looking at me to set you up, and I didn't. So I apologize <laughs> for that. Drop your line. Do it. Who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third, and I don't give a darn. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the uh, the Queen City Insane Asylum, your football team. Yeah, uh, 62-37 to 37 win on the road in St. Whoa. Louis this past weekend. That was tight. That gave us a lot more of a challenge. They had an ex-Dallas Cowboy on the other team. Really? Oh, who, uh, who was it? Uh Honestly, as a former Cowboys fan, I didn't even know who the hell he was. Huh. Um, Staubach, something like that. No, I wouldn't, not quite that. Not, <laughs> that I'd have noticed. But uh, the guy I've talked about several times, and my little brother Joe Helms put him on his keister once or twice or oh. three times. And, uh, you know, it was a lot tighter game. Team didn't necessarily play quite as well as they should have, but it was still a good learning lesson for them, I feel. And uh, we did get to play on the Ram- the old Rams practice surface oh, out wow. at Rams Park. Oh, cool. Uh, nice, beautiful industrial area. Uh, but the building facility was absolutely phenomenal. Hotter than all heck. I mean, it was just raw sunlight. The game started at 3, 4, 15 in the afternoon. and just <laughs> oh, oh, Yes. I, I lost several pounds. Um <laughs> And uh, it, but it was still like I said. I hope some of the guys learned something from it, and uh, we progress forward to the next away game uh, this weekend, which I'm not quite sure where we're going yet. But <laughs> like I said, this thing is still building as as we're going through. So but it's making good changes. The too. football team just all gets into Stormy's car like one of those clown cars. <laughs> they just drive someplace, they tumble out, and they put together a football game on the spot. So that's why the scores happen the way they do. But congratulations, another Thank win you. for you Thank guys. You. Ned it makes us nine and zero for the year. So. Woo-hoo. Man, I love that. That's great. Ned, he's Ned's asleep, by the way. We've <laughs> got to wake him up. 
the talk. I've, I've put him to sleep many times over the years. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Well, I can talk a little bit about a, a note that uh, Stormy just told me that the Canadian Football League has uh, shut down. It's a little bit misleading, guys. They were supposed to play on June 11th, mm-hmm. and they postponed the season until early September. Well, to do so, they had to have money. So they asked the Canadian government for a loan. The loan was denied. The CFL said, "Did yep. we're not going to play." If but we they have said they will be back in the 2021 year. Well, so. they'll, they'll be back. But the fact that the Canadian government turned them down for the loan is the real reason yes, why right. it wasn't. A, a, well, it, it stems from having a COVID-19 outbreak earlier this year, but not not currently now. But you know you've got to have the professional football league, and you've already sacrificed a quarter of your season. You have to something uh, something's got to give. Do you see? Have you heard anything about the NFL season where they're at standing right now? Well, they they are going ahead with their plans uh, right now. There has been nothing disrupted. I, in fact, haven't seen a, a great number of individuals who have uh, uh, opted out now. Of course, they can't opt out now without paying the penalty, penalty. for it. But for uh, teams being afflicted with uh, uh, an outbreak of COVID-19, I have not seen that. In fact, I haven't heard anything about the Kansas City Chiefs. They had a couple of players earlier, several months ago, but nobody recently. Uh, And I would assume that everything is on. Their first game is Thursday, September 10th, and that's three weeks from now. They'll be be opening up and, you know, come on. Bring it on. Let's play. Let's see what happens. Take a shot at it. I think the NFL would be very reluctant to shut down their season. Yes. Although they do have the money, they wouldn't have to apply to the government for anything. But uh, I, it, would, it would be a major disruption to the public. And again, the, the, public is, the public is of such great importance. And I think maybe some of these individuals take us lightly. But when, you're, when your whole psyche is disturbed, that does not present a healthy situation, in my opinion. But be that as it may, as of now, everything is on. And are they still, I know that there's been some split between teams having fans, not having fans. What have the Chiefs decided? Chiefs decided on about 20%. 22. 22% is that what it is? And yes, that sir. would be, I'm going to guess, somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 16, 17, 18,000, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Originally, they had said uh, 20 and 25,000. But you have to take everything into consideration. Kansas City is a hot spot. There yeah. was a spike, and that has to be certainly adjudicated in many respects. So uh, maybe that's maybe that's why the Chiefs did lower their figure. Twenty-two percent of eighty thousand would be in the neighborhood of fourteen, fifteen, sixteen thousand, somewhere around there. I hope fans do get a chance to mm-hmm. get in. And they're they're they've opened the possibility up to letting that expand and the as the season goes on if things get better so yeah. it's not going to be a solid it's only twenty two for the season that's where we're starting and that's where we're going to move forward so that's good to me. Do you, guys, think, do you think that's going to be a hot ticket this year? <laughs> well, I t- I tell you what they have done uh, by seniority mm-hmm. season ticket as holders season tickets uh, as fi- assigned by seniority have been given the first choice to buy single-game tickets. That's fair. As they turn that down or as they accept it, then the ticket line goes down and so forth. Yeah, I think they'll have the full capacity, whatever it might be, for uh, their games this year. Now, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders have shut things down completely. They're not allowing fans in. And I don't know about the Baltimore Ravens. They initially had said 20,000, but understand they may be hedging a little bit. But... 
I don't think final determinations have been made by all the teams yet as to what the t- attendance figures are going to be. I hope it is some for all of them. I'm anxious for football to come back. I, and it's been surprisingly a quiet off season for the NFL. I mean, not not a lot yeah. of distracting stories. It's the I mean, granted COVID's out there, but it's been a quiet off season. What do you make of that, Ned? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the circumstances that surrounded the public with the shutting down of society. We were shut down until sometime in early June. The Chiefs do have one player who's going to serve a four-game suspension, Bashad Breeland, and it may be longer than that. And they uh, found out about another one today, Mike uh, Pennell, who's uh, Mm -hmm. one of their defensive linemen. He may be suspended for a while. The suspensions in either case, I don't know what uh, what the background in them is. That hasn't been made public yet. But they will be perhaps missing a couple players, and there are others uh, who have been involved around the league. But I think probably from the, from the greatest aspect of things, it's what we went through in society. A shutdown, uh, the e- economy being closed down to everybody. Well, you know, you're going to have to remain at home in uh, social isolation. <laughs> this is the quietest, I think, an NFL season started. When you said three weeks, I was like, really? Sure. Three weeks? I mean, yeah. we're going to be doing uh, the pregame shows again this year. And it, and I thought, wow, only three weeks till we start working on Sundays. And, yeah. uh, well, th- this one will be Thursday, though. It'll be a Thursday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So only, uh, like you said, only three teams. We know about the Chiefs. We You talked about the Ravens. The Raiders have decided not to have any fans. Have you heard about anybody else? No, what they're planning to do? Uh, I'm I'm especially anxious to see what the Los Angeles Rams and the Los Angeles Chargers do because they're playing in their new stadium this year. And, well, of course, so is uh, the Raiders. Raiders. Uh, But theirs is perhaps a little bit different circumstance in Los Angeles because you're vying for a very important dollar there. I would have to think that Mr. Kroenke would allow a certain number, but I don't know for certain. No. (laughs) I watched the uh, Yankees-Red Sox game last night, and that's the saddest that I felt ever watching, other than when they blew that <laughs> three-game lead in the playoffs. Because in the Yankee Stadium, they just covered the seats. Yeah. yeah. And you yeah. just had a real empty feeling when you saw I it. I to hear you say that, Joe, because I have exactly that same reaction. At first, I thought, well, it's okay, they're playing without fans. I, I can get away with something You know what? Like it that. takes an awful lot away from the yes. enjoyment of the yes. game. Yeah, and, that's just... Uh, we're, the fans really need to be there. It's just a stark reminder. You know, it just is. I don't – I think it's the bottom line. It's hard to crit- criticize anybody for any decision that they make during this because you don't know. Nobody knows. So if somebody errs on the side of caution, then hard to criticize them for that. If somebody says we need to go ahead, it's hard to criticize them for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's people doing stupid things. Sturgis, well, let's just go right there. Oh, <laughs> Speaking of bad decisions, I'd be remiss if I didn't give an update that Antonio Brown, our good friend, has a tryout with the Baltimore Ravens. Ah, so does Des Bryant. Yes. They're hosting him for a workout. John, good to have you back. Good to be back. I appreciate it. Stormy, glad to have you with us as always. Ned, I promise I'll let you talk more next week. You don't need to. No, 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 no. You don't need to be promised yeah. anything. Just don't interrupt me. <laughs> <laughs> just you could, kidding, folks. If you're just, just kidding. Turn, wait, he's got a fist in the air and a finger <laughs> pointed at me. And I won't. He's giving me the KY1 right now. Anyway, if you missed the show, you're just turning, tuning in right now. You can find us as a podcast on the uh, brand new Cave app. It is Ned Talk and 104.7 The Cave.